Okay. Yay. All right. Yay. Hi, everyone. This is Conscious Club episode two, three. Two. Three. Wait, three. two. Eh? No, it's three. Oh, yeah, three. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Conscious Club um, with me, Sarah, and Nadia. Yeah. Yay. Woo. We're, we're sticking to the schedule. <laughs> Yeah, so far we've been disciplined. We've been, we've we've met our targets, you know. Mm -hmm. Sales reports have been good, you know. Yeah. We're we're not in the red. (laughs) Okay, whatever. And then, (laughs) Mm -hmm. should we start, Sarah? We're really excited about this week's topic because, like, it's something we're both very, like, very, um,. But let's just say passionate, because like Very we don't want to give off our stance too quickly, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um. So Nadia, introduce it. Okay. Um. So, in I guess like, not in the extracurricular world, there is something mm-hmm. called Model United Nations. It's here. I mean, it's it's like a, it's a very popular you know like after school activity for. Um, students who go to private schools mm-hmm. and basically uh, what MUN is or Model United Nations is, is it's, it's in the name basically mm-hmm. you try to model the real United Nations and you try to follow the same kind of like procedures that they do the same kind of like uh, skills that they have to like you know execute and, and apply like negotiation and writing and research and everything and it's sort of packed into this like either two-day or, like, three-day event, or maybe you can go on for, like, a week, you know? Yeah. And that's just all you do. You just, like, lobby and like, negotiate everything. You try to be, like, a diplomat, basically. Yeah, so it's it's essentially a simulation of the mm-hmm. real United Nations, and it's it's a very mm-hmm. popular thing for high schoolers and, um, well, university students, I guess. Yeah. Do you have any personal experience with MUN, Tara? Or um, we both do. We both have personal experience with MUN. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like one MUN conference, and then I decided it wasn't for me. Um, and you, Nadia? I did two MUNs actually. Oh, I did two MUNs as a delegate, okay. and then I did one MUN as like a as a um a dais, which is basically like the chair or someone who oversees the conference it was not a it was not a position that i chose to be in i was i mean did you know this did you know did you know this area why i mean i i didn't no i don't there were like i I mean you wouldn't say auditions about what we call it like applications (laughs) Um, for tryouts yeah tryouts (laughs) yeah i don't know let me you get you get what i'm saying kind you know like you can apply to be it but i didn't and there were multiple waves of like you know applications to be a dice, and I was like, mm-hmm. hmm, I don't know. I'm so, I was so busy like studying for you know university exam extra entrance exams at the time, so I was like, nah, mm-hmm. I'll just put it off. And plus, it was like at the end of the year, which is, I don't know, like there. I mean, that's like when you know like schoolwork starts to get like a bit cramped and everything. But then. Yeah. The secretary, the secretary general of the event reached out to me personally to like ask me to become the chair, and I was like, okay. I wow, mean, we love that. And I, I had like two days to write a um, what do you call it? A study guide, which is like, oh wow, twenty-ish pages of like just a single topic. Oh, no. I know, and I had to learn. Oh, no. I had to learn like the procedures of like the actual immune itself. You know, it's just it was not. It, Interesting. it was a very stressful part of my school life. But, I mean, if, if, I, didn't ha- if I hadn't had that experience, I would have known anyone so, like, deeply, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our end of the thing. So yeah. I guess just, like, a disclosure, is that what you call it? Like, a fault, like a disclosure? Yeah. Um, we're going to be basically talking about um, MUN in a... Not not talk. We're, we are gonna crit- criticize it basically. <laughs> um, yeah. But before that, um, do you think you know it's such a popular event? Do you think there are some 
pros to it or like obviously there are a lot mm-hmm. of pros to it but you know what do you think they are i mean when i okay, personally what i was doing like i mean both as a delegate and as a chair i you know mm-hmm. it was it's it's very touching to see this kind of like um thing that's just it's, just it's like a platform dedicated to like raising awareness about world issues and relevant issues at that you know like things that like mm-hmm. are actually happening in your life and you have like all these high school students maybe middle school students who are like you know who are, are actively trying to like research about it and talk about it and try to like you know develop their stance over it which is something i can appreciate you know yeah. because it, it, yeah. it aligns with our podcast philosophy as mm-hmm. well of like raising consciousness you know Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's conscious yeah, exactly. But um yeah. I mean that's like the main pro of it, I guess. What would you say? I think, you know, the entire thing is to build these skill sets, you know, speaking, mm-hmm. debating, um what else? Like negotiating, all of these things, all of these skill sets that make a make a great diplomat, I guess, mm-hmm. someone who does all of this stuff and i think that can translate as well to other areas like mm-hmm. like public speaking is very good um creating arguments is such a good thing and i think this links back to our whole podcast idea of being mm-hmm. more conscious and you know it, it you would definitely think that it's in line with what we believe in as as in the two of us and what this podcast is about mm-hmm. but yeah i think there are a lot of things that needs to be talked about with regards to the with to mun mm-hmm. that that know, are so rarely discussed fit right yeah with i know it's and it's so like i mean when i tried to look up like what are what are the things that are wrong with like mun and everything like you know it's mm-hmm. there's never like there's never a specific article that talks about it it's always just like yeah you know it, it's always such a thing that deserves praise which is something you know mm-hmm. i think mm. if you dig deep enough you will find yeah. um some negative articles but the overall response to mun is so positive. positive yeah and, yeah and you know it it is such a positive in general you know they're striving for a positive thing mm-hmm. but i think There are some inherent issues with it, exactly. which we're going to talk about. Exactly. So Nadia, so Sarah, let's let's start with the first thing. Why are you laughing? Yeah. Oh my god! I don't I don't, I don't love to laugh. I'm just kidding. Damn. <laughs> okay. So this was like an MUN conference. Say, yeah. <laughs> do you think um, one thing we want to talk about is how MUN has become? this sort of popularity contest yes popularity contest how do you feel about that it's okay maybe the the popularity thing doesn't happen so much like before the conference because like before the conference you actually have have to like write a position paper and you have to like dig you know do deep research into like your topic and that that you know that is the that is taken into account as well into like how you're scored as a delegate, right? But then what comes after, yeah. you know, when you're actually in the conference room, like, you make judgments based, not based on like, someone's position paper, you make judgments based on their appearance, how they talk, their charisma, and that's why like, you know, like, yeah. when you, it's, it's just a natural human thing to do, I feel like, you know? Like, mm-hmm. because you have, you don't know this person, and you've never met them before, like, what other, you know, like, what, What are the measures of like judgment that you can use other than their like their charisma? And that's how, you know, someone who is already naturally charismatic are you know are have an unfair advantage of like winning the MUN. Yeah. Right? And I think, you know, it's not it's not a bad thing to be popular mm-hmm. or charismatic. Um, you know, it's such a it's it's a very necessary trait to be, you know, A world, le- a world leader and yeah. diplomat and stuff like that that is very much ingrained to what it means to join an MUN conference but I think what's really interesting to me is that if you think of Model UN I I don't know if it's going to be offensive but if you think of Model UN you think of a 
of people in a certain subsection of the um like oh. academic population. What do you mean? Or, or demographic <laughs> that you know doesn't pride itself on popularity. But oh, in yeah. and, but in MUN conferences, it's 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 fair to say that like y- your success is dependent on the certain skills that are I don't know how you explain it like that are beyond what it means to be popular I don't know if I'm making sense but that's what I have in my head no just try to try to try to explain it first what do you mean it's a conference that is is talking about world issues our understanding of it our ability to negotiate about it and mm-hmm. yeah but I think it's it's so much more beyond our intellectual capacity or whatever it it, it, it awards yeah it awards true. more than that and it awards it, it highlights the the talkers the popular people the out like the people who are, who are out there mm-hmm which I guess is not a bad thing, given that they, I don't know. I don't but know I mean, you know, like, I mean, that's what you're saying. Like, these sort of, like, you know, hierarchies or these sort of, like, unfair advantages that are based on, you know, personal mm-hmm. appearance or, like, charisma, they're so superficial that, you know, you they, that would never happen in the real life UN, right? Because, like, yeah. I mean, in the UN, you know, like, people are already mature adults that, you know, <laughs> that don't, like judge someone or value someone based on their personal appearance like they know they know like they're trained and experienced enough to differentiate between someone mm-hmm. who's like who uses like mm-hmm. emotional appeal to or rather like who uses like yeah. their their kind of like charisma to appeal to other people and someone who actually like can make substantial arguments that is something that i feel like is not developed enough for you know like mm-hmm. high school muns because it's yeah. just so like superficial and like Oh. Yeah, and I guess maybe it's maybe it's just our experience, yeah. or maybe this is not the case with most MUNs. Maybe you know we don't know. That's we're just talking about based on our experiences. Yeah, um, we've had a very yeah. limited experience with it. Like, yeah, we have a very limited. So yeah, like, do we have a right to talk about this? Probably not. But we're gonna still talk about it anyways. Though, yeah, exactly. Because that's the point of this and podcast. We're just, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I mean, I mean. <laughs> this, that also like works for everyone as well because like I mean you only know that you've only researched about that topic once do you really have it, the exactly. right to talk about oh it right God. right the, right wow. <laughs> yeah, your brain your brain ma'am oh big brain energy big brain energy what is big dick oh. energy big brain energy <laughs> <laughs> wow um yeah so basically okay. it is a popularity contest and yeah kind of link towards another issue that we have is the the idea of the awarding and how Mm -hmm. that works um i read somewhere i read this article um it's it's like it's it's like a yale university news article thing Mm -hmm. um someone said like i and i quote for all it's good uh the camaraderie the learning about international affairs the emphasis on speaking skills MUN mm-hmm. is a pursuit that systematically values all the wrong qualities. Ooh, and damn. Very interesting. I know, right? And That's then? Like, what? Oh, wait. What? I, I need I, that I, article. I don't have it. <laughs> okay, it's called Bring Meritocracy to um, to Model UN by okay. Graham Ambrose. Okay, and then? Um, yeah. I didn't really read it. I mean, I read it, but I forgot. But that the main <laughs> thing I got from that. Okay. I, I actually did read the whole article. I promise. Okay. <laughs> and I have short-term memory. Okay, Sarah. Okay, and then what no, did you yeah. think about that? So what I thought about it's very true because it's like, mm. um, it's it's very much a, it's, it's a it's an event where people just care about winning, and it's just these ambitious kids who, you know, they are. You know, there there's a lot of these people who win stuff. They definitely have all the skill set that MUN teaches you, but it takes more than that. You know. Shit. <coughs> Hello. <laughs> no. My no, my dead. phone died. 
Same. I'm sorry, Nadia. I'm, I'm so sorry, Nadia. Blank until. <laughs> um. Right. Where were we? Uh, the Yale article. Oh right. Um. So I think everyone who wins these, um, who wins awards in MUN, like obviously they have all the skill set, the skill set that is, um, valued by the mm-hmm. conference. But I think it also takes so much more than that, and that that more is something not entirely positive in the sense that it's just these people who are really into winning. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and it's just it's it's seen as kind of an event where you can just do as much as you can to improve your uh, college CV. applications. Yeah, your CV yeah. exactly. Which is it's just kind of weird because like, why is why should there be a concept of like meritocracy at MUN anyways? Because like mm-hmm. in the real life, MUN, you know, you don't award a certain country for exactly. being like the most negotiate, like the easiest to negotiate, or like you know, because yeah. like because that 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 puts into question of like you know, is there really like the best country or like the mm-hmm. worst country? Like yeah, you know, like and when you marry those concepts into MUN or like when you integrate those concepts into MUN, it just it gives people like a very warped perception of how the yeah. world works basically right mm-hmm. and plus like i mean from my experience as like a as a dais mm-hmm. awarding like you know delegates it, w- it was a very like complicated and very tough like experience for me because when i was like you know when i was grading like the delegates that were in my council i found it very difficult to kind of just like you know like leave like not give awards to the delegates who wanted to speak more but they didn't have the opportunity to yeah so they're just like left with no awards or like left with you know the smaller awards because someone outshone uh, you know outshined them and like and and many of those times like they they were outshined because this person had better charisma or like had better like you know personality or whatever that like that allowed them to be like natural quote-unquote natural leaders in their council yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just like, uh, even me as like I, I, what I'm trying to say is even me as like as a as someone who has had experience chairing a council, there's not a there's not a proper way to grade or give award to a delegate. <laughs> so there were some technical difficulties there, but now we're back on we're back on. Oh fuck! What is it? What is that? What what do like radio hosts say when they like they're back on? Oh, what is that phrase, Sarah? I don't know. What are you talking about? We're back on back on back on air. We're oh back my on god! Air after some yeah, we're back on air. When my phone yes. died for no reason. No, it was our it was our satellite, Sarah. It was a, oh yeah, it, it was, was malfunctioning. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Interesting. Right. Where were so, we? So awards. Awards. Yeah. Awarding. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think about the system of the awards of awarding in MUN? I I mean, my personal experience with awarding delegates, like, it's you know, there's a certain rubric that they give you to like grade us, like you know, to grade their to grade a delegate's like sort of you know mm-hmm. performance or whatever. But when I was Looking at and like reviewing the rubric itself, I felt like there were things that you know, that are so subjective that like, and so like there's so I mean I mean it is supposed to be subjective, but like there are so many other variables that come into, you know, that come into play when you're judging a you know, when you're judging a delegate. Like maybe that person is like just naturally shy, or yeah. maybe that person is like better at like writing so that they can't like you know kind of like deliver the same kind of you know they can deliver their message vocally right i mean and that's the thing that come that you know that relates with what we just said about the charisma thing because like you know what you know like there's like a, you know in like in a conference like you can really t- you can really like tell the power dynamics between like yeah the really good delegate and the, the and the other really good delegate and like so many other good delegates and like yeah, and there's always gonna be that one or two people that are just like cornered mm-hmm. and like they don't they, they feel like they're not, you know they don't have a 
have a chance or an opportunity to speak mm-hmm. which is sad actually yeah i think you know? my main issue with it is the fact that it's been turned into such a competitive in a way sport mm-hmm. um that it, it does it takes away from the learning you're supposed to do throughout yeah the it's, it's more about exactly. being competitive and winning and i think that's that shouldn't be what mun is about exactly about learning about these crises exactly and, yeah exactly i mean mm-hmm. like i mean that also raises the question of like what is mun actually for like if you're exactly if the concept of mun and like as a extracurricular just like as an activity it's just to like is to introduce kind of like the UN model of negotiating and like working together and like encouraging collaboration or whatever. I feel like that, mm-hmm. you know, that vision is hasn't been fully actualized yet. Because like what you said, you know, yeah. it, there's still a very competitive nature to it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like when you think about it, the real like real life United Nations, they're not. It's not about competition. It's about trying to exactly solve these issues, mm-hmm. which is. Yeah, it's just something's off about it, you know? I mean, there is a certain, like, competitiveness. I mean, the competitiveness in, like, the real-life UN, it's not so much to seem like, oh, you're the best country, or, like, I'm that it is, you know? Like, it's competitive mm-hmm. that's, that, you know, that, that you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, Machiavelli, like, realism. Like, yeah. you know, like, you, you're trying to serve the, your national interests, and your country's yeah, interests. Interest. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But you're not trying to, you're, like, you're... funnel your personal ego and, like, into this... Yeah. Right? You get what I'm saying? I think there's there's a similar sense of this kind of very sly, cunning yeah. traits of every single person who is in an, a UN conference or an MUN mm-hmm. conference. But I think, whereas in real life, United Nations, it's more towards protecting your own country and... Um, in serving your national interest in in model UN, it's it's very much about serving your own ego and making yourself look good. Exactly, because which is funny. It's it's yeah. interesting. I mean, it's just like when you're just when you're given a country that you don't really know, you don't really have a personal connection to it or like attachment to it. You just you're mm-hmm. just kind of like, oh, I'm representing this country, but and I did like x amount of research on this and like. You know, yeah, that doesn't translate. Yeah. It also becomes a competition of like seeing how much you can put in. Like, for instance, you're you 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 got like some quote unquote obscure country or like a country that isn't necessarily very widely represented. It's just become mm-hmm. it just becomes a competition of look at me. I got this country, but I am able to do this and this and this and wow the people. It's mm-hmm. it's. It's a show off competition. That's what it is. I don't know. Yeah. And, like, speaking of show off and stuff like that, you know, we also need to address something that is very much an issue mm-hmm. or a thing in Model UN, which is the inherent elitism. elitism. Yeah. yeah. How would you do, but how would you define, like, MUN elitism, though? Like how would you say that that's a cert, that's an impact of you know MUN uh, elitism? Yeah, I think there's an apparent connection between wealth and diplomacy. Hmm. Interesting. Know, um, in ter- I mean, not just not just um, exclusive to MUN. I think just diplomacy in general. Mm-hmm. I think, but within the idea of model UN, you know, there's the travel you have to travel to, usually you have to travel to go to I mean conferences there you have to, to pay a fee and usually um, also your schooling that is you know the private education that's so true that can yeah. afford you to yeah. do that and kind of linking back to our humanities episodes these are schools that are you know they can afford a classical education on top yeah. of the maths and the sciences and so these group of people are usually the ones who are doing not only doing MUNs but thriving in them. It's a cash cow basically and for schools, right? Dominating, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, which is which is really interesting. Um, and sadly, I I do think this translates to the real United Nations as well because I do believe 
I don't know, correct me if I, or like debate me if you will, but I do think that wealth can promote your abilities to become a diplomat. Yeah. Because, I mean... There's yeah. a whole thing of like, not only like it's elitist, there's also a huge study, and not study, a huge... What was I? I don't know. I <laughs> There's a huge study on. I don't know. I, just, I thought you were going to say like a huge study of like oh diplomats no. come from more wealthier backgrounds, maybe right? <laughs> no. Um. There's a huge element of elitism in the sense that um there is rep- the misrepresentation and the language, but we're going to talk about that later. What do you think? I mean, I very much. I I, I very much agree with what you said between like the correlation between wealth and diplomacy because like. You know, in order to become a diplomat, there's certain levels of schooling that you have to mm-hmm. go through, and then like you can have to, like build experience in like in about in like ex- things that relate to it, which also requires a lot of mm-hmm. money. You know, but I feel like in relation to the MUN, that kind of elitism is like on a much more micro yeah. level, but still like the fact that like you know. You're, you're, let's say you're like a, a quote unquote third world, like poor or like third world country, like delegate mm-hmm. in an MUN conference, and you come from a private school mm-hmm. background. Your perception of like what that country's structural issues are, like let's say poverty and everything else, you're, you know, it might not be so accurate yeah. because you're only seeing it through the lens of you yourself yeah. as like a, as a private school student who's like mm-hmm. privileged, right? So that kind of builds, you know, that builds further disconnect between, you know, pe- you know, people who do MUN with like people in the real world, right? Because mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's there's so much, you know, like of the human kind of like ego that goes into the MUN. Thing. And I think this can you can definitely like talk about representation mm-hmm. in MUN. So. Like, when you talk about how the people who represent these third world countries are, you know, usually from privileged backgrounds, even if they're from third world countries, mm-hmm. they're from the high, upper middle class section of that country. Yeah. But I think, yeah. you know, the conference itself is supposed to to solve or discuss issues that are, that are itself embodied in the very conception of the conference, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like totally. it, so, basically, there's an there's an inherent elitism that comes with model un mm-hmm. and and it the conference itself shows a lot of the things that they are trying to get rid of you know we're talking for example sustainable development goals you think of poverty you think of education gender equality these issues these things are very misrepre- misrepresented in model un wherein most people who are participants are of a very affluent background exactly they yeah are very wealthy yeah and you know it's it just it's so the clash between the what they're talking about and who they are it's there's it's, there's a misconnect is that a thing you can say disconnect like, a disconnection <laughs> wow misconnect and mr connect <laughs> There's a disconnection. Come on. Okay, sorry, sorry. And then... Yeah. That's not all I wanted to say. See, I lost my train of thought. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I do agree, like... And it's... I mean, let's say, like... Okay, there's... I think there's two things I want to say. The first one is, why is Bollywood so expensive? Like, why... I mean, it's like... I, I do understand there's, like, so many... There's, like, the logistics sides of it. Like, you have to invite people from you know, different schools, and you have to, like, kind of, you know, host them, and then, ho- like, and the, conf- and the conference and everything requires, it's, like, its own kind of, like, infrastructure and everything, but, like, mm-hmm. you don't have to do MUN in such a, like, Okay, when you think about a, it, where, do, where does this money go to? I don't know, I've never, I've never, um, organized an event, but, you know, where oh. does the money go to? First of all, right. I mean, it's all paper, it's all just thoughts. You're not creating anything. Thoughts, yeah. It's just you're okay. Printing paper, but see, like how much? How much is the cost of printing stuff? You know, okay. But that aside, the most you you're gonna do is have space to help hold up to exactly hold the event, yeah. which most schools or universities already have. 
and like the most thing you you'll probably you're doing is gonna like is feed them and what you're probably just gonna give them i don't know like hokuban that's like what thirty thousand food <laughs> like, yeah but food. when you multiply that it kind of accumulates sarah but no, okay. like but if it's like okay so say it's a three-day conference and they give them three lunches that's what that's max like a hundred thousand rupees per person yeah Oh, I don't know, actually. Oh, I mean, there's also another factor, which is, like, the social event. Okay, That's fair one enough. thing that, you know, people who go to everyone seek, but, you know, like... Yeah, okay. Yeah, but that's not the that point, That can divert no? their attention. <laughs> but that's not the point of it. Exactly, I know. But that, that's why it goes into the, like, what the popular contest that we just said, because, like, some people use it as, like, a medium to find potential like partners or like yeah, you know partners. yeah partners i just friends. say that like just partners friends mm-hmm. yeah exactly acquaintances you know whether they serve you know like whether they're useful for you in the conference or not like that's that's none of my business but like right mm-hmm. i mean yeah yeah <laughs> there's so oh. many like why it costs why does it cost so much is my question you know like and where does the money go to? I I am genuinely interested in this. Like whoever has like organized MUN events, please email us yeah. or like Instagram us, <laughs> message us, tell us what, why. Because I feel like you could do like a DIY kind of MUN without like all the you yeah. know without all this like elaborate yeah. you know like social and or like whatever. Aren't they? Yeah. Aren't they doing a lot of like um like online ones because of, of like the pandemic and stuff yeah i think, I've heard about I think that. that's possible um but yeah um another yeah. issue with <laughs> representation with, i guess yeah Rep- yeah representation i guess is language yeah yeah how, how do you feel about that i mean as as like people who have as two people who have like you know, I think more than subpar skills in English, thanks to our, like, schooling, education, mm-hmm. or whatever, like, it, it was very, like, it was not difficult for us to use English as, like, the main working language of anyone, right? But to think mm-hmm. about, like, all the other kids that come from other schools, maybe from, like, lower economic social backgrounds who had, you know, yeah. who didn't have, a, like, adequate education English education, they struggle so much just to, like, participate in, a, in like, a conference, which is also another unfair, like, like which is also another unfair disadvantage, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, why English? Why the language of the colonizers, you know? Like, you know? <laughs> it's so... <laughs> okay, okay, fair. I, I, I get, I get why they have English as a main language. Yeah. It can bring about several things. First of all, I think it's great that it promotes learning of English because, you know, it's very much a necessary skill in our globalizing world and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and it's great, you know, English is is an important skill. I do recognize that. But if we're talking about, like, smaller conferences that are, for instance, here in Jakarta or other parts of Indonesia where all the participants are Indonesian, the mm-hmm. usage of English as, like, the delivery language also means that a lot of people may not be able to participate despite potentially being able to contribute a lot which is really really sad and mm-hmm. um going back to the elitism of the conference um in indonesia and many other countries as well like you said earlier the ability to fluently speak english is a is very much um a privilege of the upper middle class and the, those above you know they're the ones who are going to private schools international schools that are yeah. able to foster such skills and this means again that not only does the wealthy have the means to participate in terms of their Mm. financial capacity it is also true for in terms of their educational capacity which is such a shame because many state school students have the um like the intellectual capacity but not the financial or the educational yeah or the maybe english as well you know Mm-hmm. Which is yeah, such exactly. a like, which is, which is stupid in my opinion. Because like, why is a language, you know, barring people from participating yeah. to something that has so much more meaning than just like, you know, like an event, right? Yeah. What's also interesting again, this means that 
the people who you know under who are who does not have the financial or educational cap- capacity yeah. they're not represented meanwhile these very people are the ones that are usually being debated about exactly. in the UN <laughs> yes preach sarah like, preach I, it just pissed, it, it there's so many sad. things wrong i mean you can't like you can't predict this kind of like consequences when you kind of conceptualize anyone because like yeah. you didn't I mean, when I feel like the first person who made I mean, like they didn't think that like oh, it's only like uh, exclusive to, uh, you know, like upper middle class students who, who are gonna do it. Like you didn't you didn't think mm-hmm. of that right when you first, yeah. When you when the, the you know like when M U N was first made, but like that's just what happened and like the that's are the those are like the issues that you have to deal with right now and kind of like, yeah. Think of how we we can, mm-hmm. uh, like we can kind of advance I mean into a more universal kind of experience yeah. and not just so not so much like an exclusive one right which is also kind of when you think about the real United Nations they have translators like yeah. it's 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 a United yeah. because it's it's United Nations it's not United nations. nations it's just all the nations yeah. <laughs> it is you know that's true um, yeah <laughs> That's true, which is what, which is another reason why we think like, in a way, I mean, MUN as much as like as as it tries to kind of emulate, you know, the real United Nations. There's still a certain degree of like lack. There's a certain like degree of unrealisticness yeah, exactly. like that comes into. MUN, mm-hmm. you and know, not just a certain degree. I think there's a, a, a huge degree of. Yeah, a huge, a very huge degree. Yeah. I read this article. I'm reading all the articles. I actually prepped for this episode because I really... Okay. Um, I, I, what else do you want to say, Sarah? This is your um, time. I read... Um, there's this article. I forgot what it was. Um, it says, like, while the goal is to teach uh, these people about the world, the more immediate goal of MUN is, as I said earlier, is to win... But it's this to win mm-hmm. involves an awkward mismatch of verisimilitude and idealism. Contestants are supposed to simultaneously stay within the bounds of a country assignment and find common ground. End quote. Which is really funny because just it just I feel like yeah. in MUN conferences people just do whatever they want and not think in the eyes of their country. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's one thing that's that's also graded by the dice is like oh, okay, not, I mean like enough. how well can you stick to a country's stance? But let's be honest, like not every dice has a time to look up like every country and yeah. what their stance is. Like you know, when you have like like thirty people, thirty countries in a single conference, like you can kind of like predict the way Okay, this is another thing actually. I mean, in like in a certain, let's say in a very like high political conference like UNSC, which is like the security conf- the security mm-hmm. council, right? You can kind of like predict, like how a conference is gonna go based based off of like the list of countries alone. Mm. Like let's say, like you have the veto countries like the U.S. and like, you know, and like you know, and like France and Russia and everything like the, those big countries that actually have power to kind of like, you know, to kind of change the direction of the conference. But then when these veto countries don't perform in the real-life conference, mm-hmm. like, there's something like clicking, you know? Like, yeah. And, you know, and maybe the person who just who just happened to get these veto countries, they, they didn't have, you know, they don't have, they, they lack in confidence. Or maybe they, you know, they don't like speaking in public. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why they would participate in everyone anyways. But, like, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's besides the point. But, like, you know, like... Yeah. It's just, it's so funny because it's, a lot of the things I feel like that happen in MUN conferences would have never happened in a, a real UN conference. Never. Which yeah. makes sense, I guess, because it's like assimilation, it's fake, it's not supposed to, I mean, it's supposed to, as much as it can, imitate the real thing, but yeah. just the nature of a bunch of high school students in one big room it makes it impossible, I feel like. And plus, like, uh, something that also doesn't sit right with me is that these resolutions they try to come up oh, with, yeah. 
rarely translate into the real world. When I say rarely, I mean yeah. never. Like, imagine making like, I don't know, some kind of peacekeeping program that sounds cool because there's a cool acronym to it, <laughs> you know? And then imagine trying to like implement yeah. it like in real life, you know? But you don't take into account so many things. Yeah. I remember you retweeted some, you like co-tweeted something which was like an open letter to the government or something. Dude. Like, yeah, it was from Pepe yeah, e. it's just a bunch of... See, this is the thing with Amyun. I feel like it creates this idea that you can write open letters and expect to be listened to. And yeah. Like, I know it's such a sad... You know, I, it's kind of... It's such a performative thing to do. Like Yeah, yeah. yeah. Performative, exactly. Like, those things just... I'm sorry to say it, it just doesn't happen in real life and it's not gonna solve anything. And it's just, it, there's some, there's such a, you need a, a degree of naivety, is that how you say it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, a naivety to, to be able to do those things. Because it's just like, what are, you, like resolutions aren't gonna solve anything, which is, you know, sad. Yeah. But... I understand that it's supposed to kind of teach like negotiation and stuff and making solutions and stuff, but I just it's it's so unrealistic. But the, another thing that I don't like is that sometimes these resolutions are already predetermined by the most like charismatic person in the room. Like, let's say the like the person who has the potential to be des- to be the be about to be the best delegate, he comes up with or he or she I don't know he or she comes up with like. A solution, and everyone just agrees with that person because like nobody wants to debate yeah. that person. I'm like, oh my god, like this is not how it works in real life. Like you can't just let yeah. one person decide everything for you. You have to protect yeah. the interests of your country because that's that's you know that's what you're supposed to do, right? Oh my and god. And I guess you you sometimes you keep up appearances of just because you wanna work with a certain person or you wanna um, come up with we help come up with a resolution or something. You kind of go against again your country's standpoint or just like you know just because you're friends with them you're doing things that they wouldn't do in real life you know yeah i mean like that's that's another thing too like high high schoolers we're not ready to kind of like yeah divide the lines between you know personal and like not personal right because like when that comes, when yeah. when that enters, you know, the conference, like, it's a lot more difficult for you to kind of, like, backstab. I mean, you, there's mm-hmm. also the backstabbing culture of everyone, which is so not healthy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the backstabbing culture, man, it's like, I just feel like MUS, it's, it's, it's a training camp where kids learn to be yeah. more ambitious, mean... And yeah, and just there's a question of like ethics and morality as well in a UN because like, is there really room? Yeah. Is it is there room for that in a conference, or are we just like talking about real world issues? Yeah, and I don't. I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be mean <laughs> to anyone who does a UN. It's just it's a, it's something that I've noticed. If you feel offended, I'm so sorry. We are, I'm so sorry too. But like we're just. We're we're expressing our concerns here, yeah. right? Yeah, our concerns exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other other things. I feel like there's so many things we could talk there's about. There's so so many things. Yeah, we could talk about. Oh yeah. I don't know. Um, I think like my main issue is just you know I think the whole um, ambitious and like the certain types of people who go who do MUN, um, you know that's one thing. But I don't. I, I do find it like scary but my issue with it is mostly the elitism thing which um which is that you know these 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 conferences are about a specific group of society and yet Mm -hmm. they won't let or not they won't let but the the system itself cannot aren't able to accommodate those people to join or to participate in the events. Mm, exactly. Which is so sad and there's just something Yeah. That it just doesn't feel right, you know? It doesn't sit right with me. I mean and I feel like if let's say if you made like a DIY kind of like very non elaborate MUN in it with for the people that like 
for for people let's say who come from lower background lower class backgrounds right mm-hmm. and you try to do an MU with them I think the resolutions that can that they can come up with can be so much more realistic because like, they they know yeah. what the real issue is right yeah so that they know like what you know what to do and like mm-hmm. you know what needs to be done rather than like yeah it's just you know it's, yeah. and comfort, it's the resolutions and just the way things are brought about it's so it's so it's very we're seeing it as such at such a as a, such an upper middle class lens yeah that doesn't reflect the reality of what it means to mm-hmm. come up with i don't know i don't know what i'm saying i'm just babbling i mean in a way in a way i mean because there's so many different ways you can approach this like you could say that mm-hmm. like oh when when you when you let like upper middle class people talk about real life issues like this they can build empathy towards you know the people who are actually suffering and they can yeah. try to like follow follow up their like MUN with actual real life act, mm-hmm. real life you know real life actions right they could actually contribute and help them but that's not that's not the reality right because like once the MUN is over and they get and they get like their pretty like award or certificate and then they just kind put of it, like yeah CVs and they get exactly. to colleges and forget about all of that issue and just yeah and they further oh, perpetuate God. the same problems that caused it's, these yeah. issues in the first place exactly exactly <laughs> it's just such a like i feel okay right here's the thing both of us we're very privileged we acknowledge that we're speaking english right now which is yeah something that, but i think you know the the way the fact that we're delivering our concerns this way just means that it'll reach the target which is those very same um those who do everyone wealthy, <laughs> who listen wealthy, to this podcast uh, yeah um, <laughs> but yeah if, if i guess i don't know i don't know what i'm saying as i usually do Nadia? It's okay, Sarah. I, I mean, okay. If, if if we there's so many things that we talked about already, but like, if you want to wrap things up mm-hmm. into like into one or two sentences, sentences, what would you say, Sarah? Um. Okay. My hope is that we all learn to be more um conscious <laughs> about about MUN and what it means to participate in these events and the values they perpetuate yeah. yeah but also take our words with a grain of salt because mun does have a lot of pros it opens a lot of doors yeah. develops amazing skills um yes the main lesson here i think is to be aware of the inherent issues that are seeped into the layers of these mun conferences which does not mean that it's something that you know we should abolish mun or we should stop no everyone has a right to do whatever they want and mm-hmm. as someone who values the academics if mun is the thing that you're good at and can take you places academically why not just because something has flaws doesn't mean that we should completely disregard it but it's important yeah. to know those flaws and so when you do it again you kind of think about this and maybe mun will change for the better you know Yeah, that's my thing. <laughs> that was very well put, Sarah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. What was what, what, what I mean? I what I'm gonna say is basically just like you you what you just said, but like formulated in a different way. Like yeah. I do, I do, I do very much agree. There's so many like advantages of coming in MUN itself, not just like as a concept, but also like as a as just like a an event you know like a real life mm-hmm. thing that you can do you know yeah but with all like with all of these inherent or maybe not inherent like issues that we just presented we we desperately really need to like kind of redesign the way we approach MUN yeah but the thing is like it's so difficult because there's no one organizing body that you know that can set the rules mm-hmm. of MUN like I'm yeah. pretty like I mean we didn't do the research maybe I didn't do my research enough but I don't know the history of women I don't know who who gets to decide like oh like the procedures are these this, and this you know like I think there is like a you know I think there is like a nationwide I mean you thing in the U S but I don't know about like 
the yeah, world. Yeah, but there isn't one here, right? If there is one, please let us know. Please let us know. Please. We are so, we're so ignorant lost. sometimes. We're, yeah. we're very ignorant, which is kind of, it kind of goes against the idea of our podcast. But we're, we're learning, you know. We're it's trying. okay. We're learning. We're trying. Yeah. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Because there is an, an organizing body that, yeah. you know, determines... Yeah. I mean, it determines the procedures of an MUN, which is very yeah. easy to do because you're basically just like replicating what is being done in the real MUN, right? Yeah. But in the very concept of MUN itself, like, what is the thing that you're trying to promote? What is yeah. the thing that you're trying to like engage, mm-hmm. like engage people in, right? Because like, if you're just uh, teaching people how to negotiate or to like debate or to, you know, or how to uh, do public speaking, you can get those skills elsewhere. Outside yeah. of MUN. Like, what club. differentiates MUN from, yeah. you know, from the bait club, exactly. Or public speaking you know? club. I think that's a thing. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. Yeah. That could be a thing. I thought public speaking club was the bait club as well. No? Oh, I don't know. Probably. There's a different... I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Do I, didn't, I didn't participate in extracurricular. Same. <laughs> I just... I didn't really do much extracurricular. Mm-hmm. Bro, academics is hard enough. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But like, I think, yeah, what you say, there, there needs to be a, a new way to approach it because, yeah, we're simulating something that hap- that exists in real life. But when you're translating that to uh, a younger audience or kind of a high school or university demographic, there needs to be mm-hmm. some changes. And I get that kind of making it competitive and doing all these awards and stuff, It, it it's the thing that they've changed. Um, from the real thing to suit the audience that you know it aims but i'm sure there's other ways that can just help people learn instead of being competitive you know yeah but although it's i mean yeah i guess com- competition is always a nice not nice it's it's always a good driving factor especially for like high schoolers who the only thing on their mind is college apps and they just need to show they're good at something Mm -hmm. but yeah i don't know i think there just needs to be more more alternatives alternatives yeah. yeah yeah that's about it i mean if you like if you really want to do extracurriculars, maybe really try to like. It's not. It's not. It's not wrong for you to do like trial and error and like, mm-hmm. you know, participate in a little bit of everything. But if you don't feel like, oh, this is something I can be passionate about, like mm-hmm. you don't have to do it. You know, like, and that's the thing. Like, even if it means sacrificing like a certificate or like an award, that's mm-hmm. totally fine because like, you know, why lose a part of yourself Ooh. to. Yeah. be you know like mm-hmm. in a certain position or like gain some sort of advantage over someone else you know like that's that you know that's something that i'm very like concerned about because yeah. like you know in this day and age like so much i mean this is turning into like back into the humanity <laughs> thing again like so yeah. much of our awareness towards apa towards our surroundings and whatever is happening in the world is is up here. Is is construed by by up here. Shit, I don't know. I forgot was oh. I, I forgot my third one. But basically, <laughs> up here. Okay, whatever. I whatever. <laughs> I lost my yeah, third one. Okay, I think yeah. Get you. Okay, um, yeah. Basically, yeah. Also, fuck. I also lost my train of thought. I had something in my mind earlier. So um, my, my, my brain's not working because like, maybe it's are, late too. I think it's late. I think we should film these earlier in the day. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, we, we got most of our point across. Yeah. Oh, so, wait, like, no, I know. Uh, <laughs> linking back to our humanities chat, um, this, you know, MUN is, is grounded on more classical studies, you know, history, um, yeah. philosophy kind of um, stuff like that. So, I guess it 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 perpetual. It's driven by a lot of the humanities, but as we've seen, um, that's 
that can be that can has that can have what the, wait, wait, wait what <laughs> my brain <laughs> just like got confused your brain is melting um, yeah yeah the humanities can also have flaws as we have seen in mun which has created flaws. This, but, yeah but also it's the humanities which notices these flaws within mun so yeah we need humanities but not too much of it but also we need other things and I don't know if I'm making sense, but that's what I want to say. Yeah, exactly. I'm so people, like people tend people people view like MUN as such like as oh it's purely for international mm-hmm. affairs or it's purely for international relations. But there's also elements of like let's say philosophy yeah. and history and sociology that go into it, and like you can't ignore these aspects of like of of the UN itself, right? Yes, that's what I mean. You know, because it's not just <laughs> yeah. like one, it's not just like one branch of knowledge that can serve like an entire thing it has to be like a whole discipline right and if you're using these skills within the conference then why don't you take a look of the entire conference as a whole and notice the issues that exist within it um because one of the things that everyone tries to encourage is critical thinking so why can't you just use the same skill to criticize everyone right yeah yeah um so nadia Yes, so Sarah. Being a future international relations student. Oh, shit. I would like to ask a question. Okay. <laughs> so, in this kind of day and age where I guess we're all interconnected, um, we have resources available in many ways and forms, shapes and sizes. Okay. <laughs> um, do you think, do you think this idea of diplomacy and MUN has the have the potential to be more um democratized or like you know like less elitist and full of issues as we talked about or do you think we're seeing the same pattern that we've talked about now in real life un in real life as well you know is is the issues of mun present in real life diplomacy and international relations and stuff like that? i mean What, what is your take on that in a way, like, and this is not from like a international relations kind of like perspective, but more on a like a philosophical kind of basis. Like, okay, because so many of the basic universal things, like you know, the human ego or whatever, mm-hmm. that translates into into I mean, and also translates into it. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I like. In, in real life here, UN, obviously, it's a lot more convoluted because, like, there's so many factors that come into play. There's a lot more at stake, too, because, like, it's, an, it's a never-ending, like, kind of process. Meanwhile, in, yeah. like, an MUN, like, at the end of those two to three days, like, it's over, right? The conference. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like one concept from real life UN that can be integrated into MUN is there's sort of, there needs to be some sort of a continuity from... Or some sort of, like, follow-up from, from the conference itself. Yeah, like, there's, yeah. Because as you said, you know, like, there are people who are not so, like, passionate going to MUN. But then, and who are only looking to go to MUN for, like, the, yeah. for the CV points or, like, whatever. But the people who are actually passionate about it, mm-hmm. like, you know, they go on into doing so many yeah. better things for, like, the world right Mm -hmm. which is something that's very i mean in my eyes is very like honorable so and i think yeah that's so interesting how the conference goes on for about three days and exactly after that they just like let it go and forget about it and i get it because it's like we're high schoolers we don't need to you know worry about this all the time but it's so it's such a I'm gonna go. I'm always thinking back to this idea of elitism, and the, it's such an upper middle class thing to be able to like mm. only think of these issues for five yeah. seconds, like only three days of your life, and then mm-hmm. continue on to live your really fancy life, which it just feels odd, strange. I don't know. It just yeah. yeah. I mean, you only and you only realize these issues when you really think about it. You know, like. It's so taboo to discuss it in a real life mm-hmm. conference because there's first of all there's no platform and there's no room and there's no time for it because like you're so busy doing all these other things that you mm-hmm. don't really get to like kind of think about what you're actually doing in the moment right because like 
or like what you're doing in a much larger context basically yeah wow if yeah. that was a much yeah that was a conversation we just had um so i guess that's it for this week's episode wait okay i want to ask you one question sir oh, okay okay let's say anyone who's listening to this podcast mm-hmm. is thinking about doing mun what would yeah. you say to them i think i guess i would ask why you're doing it in the first place mm-hmm. um and i think if you truly want it I don't think I should be I don't think I have any right to stop you from doing what it is that you want to do. I think go for it. But I guess also think about why you're and why you're doing MUN. Oh no, mm-hmm. I dropped something. Um think about why you're doing this and just I guess follow through. I don't know. The thing is like I can't really say anything about, you know, I'm I'm not going to stop people from doing it. Um but I guess think about the think about what you're really getting into I think would be something mm-hmm. I would tell because it's such a I get it you know I it's such it's such a great event that could boost um you and what, your future but I don't know. I actually that's wow. I mean that that pretty much that, that pretty much sums it up, yeah. right? Yeah. Cuz like, the thing is like I don't think I have a right to say you shouldn't do it or what cuz I think it's it, it's yeah. up to the person. Nobody should, yeah. Um and if that's truly something that you want to do, go for it, you know? Um Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, I think there are some parts of MUN that is prob- inherently problematic. But that shouldn't yeah. stop you from doing it if you do want to do it. Just you know, just keep that in mind. Keep the issues mm-hmm. in mind, and I think you'll be fine. What about you? What I think. You? Mm, well, you know, uh, apa? What was I gonna say? <laughs> if you're okay, if you're thinking about going to MUN, I agree with Sarah. Like, ask yourself why you're doing this. Mm-hmm. But then don't just ask yourself why you're doing this, but what you're gonna do after you like leave mm-hmm. that conference room, yeah. right? What yeah. is the main takeaway of the event? If like if you're, if the main takeaway is like whatever is material, meaning the award or the, the certificate that you're holding in your hand, like what meaning does it bring to the world, right? Yeah. Because like the point of MUN is for you to come up with resolutions that can create an impact, you know, change to the world. But I feel like there's so much more change that you can do just as a real living, breathing human being yeah. that's not a... That, you know, you'd have to participate into an MUN to do that. But not saying that you shouldn't or, like, not saying that you can't, but, like, you know, there's already so much inherent power in you as, like, a yeah. sort of agent of, like, change or whatever rather yeah. than just, like, a delegate. So... I guess, like, also yeah. recognize your privileges and... Privi- yeah, know your privilege. Check your privilege. Check, yeah. <laughs> check your privilege, recognize them, and... I think there is the point of MUN is to become conscious, like much like listening to our podcast, podcast. and hmm. being a part of our conscious club. Um, anyway, yeah. it's it's a big part of it is be to be aware of you know world issues, and I think if you come out of an MUN conference not caring or turning a blind eye towards yeah. issues. Is that what you call it? Turning a blind eye? Yeah. I feel like that's wrong. That is, right? Turning um, a blind eye onto something. Yeah. Are you sure? Okay. Yeah, turning a blind eye towards, you know, real world events that are happening in the world. And I don't think you've learned the point of it, you know? Yeah. You know, like, we're, I mean, we're, I mean, if you're a high schooler, it's understandable for you to, to like, to find it difficult to be empathetic and to kind of, like, care about these yeah. things that don't necessarily affect your life. But if you try to, maybe it'll do something good for your life, right? Like, yeah, and you'll feel so much happier and better. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wise. That's some wise words, Nadia. Listen, uh, we we are we are very eloquent tonight, Sarah, which is surprising because like the past few like podcasts we've been <laughs> like, sure? huh, what are what's the word? What's the like what? <laughs> we're running out of like, yeah. 
We're getting yeah. better. We're getting better, I think. But also, there are a lot of moments where I'm just like, I don't know what I'm going to say. And I apologize to the audience, if we do have an audience. Our 24 listeners. Our can 24 we say that? Can listeners. I say that? Woo. Yeah, yeah whoa. Yeah, you can say that. Yes. Um, Next week, it'll be 25. Thank you to our 24 <laughs> listeners. Maybe 25. <laughs> um, anyways, that has been episode 3 of Conscious Club. Yeah, Crazy. that was so fun. Our third... What? We're... We've been doing this. Um, Consistency. Yeah. That's about consistency. Thank you so See much. You next week. Oh, next week we have a special guest, and we're gonna talk about a bunch of stuff. Um, exciting. Ooh. Yes. Thank you to our twenty-four listeners and to who else? Um. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what um, else to say. Good night. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon, whichever time of the day you're listening yeah. to this. And have a great day. Goodbye. Stay conscious. Yeah. Okay, sir. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Hello, it's me, Nadia. First of all, me and Sarah would just like to apologize for the many technical difficulties that occurred throughout the duration of this episode. Um... These were not difficulties that we had expected, and we hope that um, it doesn't happen again in the future. (laughs) And second of all, I would just like to give a massive thank you to Sarah for editing this podcast, regardless of the many issues that happened. And yeah, Um, see you guys next week.